0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show. Yes, I'm back, but I'm only back for a little bit of time. And, of course, here to share a little bit of that time with me is a perennial All-Pro. This guy has won a Super Bowl, and if you don't know who I'm talking about or haven't been paying attention to my Twitter line, you should know this is Eric Davis. He has been there, done that. He knows the NFL frontwards and backwards. He spent 13 years in the National Football League with the Niners, Carolina Panthers, the Broncos, and the Lions are retired in 2002, and of course helped uh, San Francisco uh, to Super Bowl uh, over the over the Chargers. And of course, he finished his career 38 interceptions. Welcome, Eric Davis. Eric, man, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, man. I don't get invited places much, so I appreciate
0: it. <laughs> no problem at all. Well, you, <laughs> your, your invitation is always open here just to let you know. Um, I want to break into this Patrick Peterson situation because it, it, it it's really hot news right now, and I think that the underlying message could be missed. And I know everybody's talking about it. You're calling Cowherd's and you're Shannon Sharps, and, of course, one guy played in the NFL. One guy only wished he played in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I look at the situation here, I think to myself, Patrick really dug a hole. He came out in a video basically stating that his situation wasn't something he wanted to anywhere near find himself in. But he's suspended for the first six games of the 2019 season because of performance-enhancing drugs. Look, when you look at the Cardinals team, there isn't a lot of depth in the backfield. Does this mean anything for Patrick Peterson moving forward? Does it attain his career? And how do the Cardinals offset with six games being missed by Peterson?
1: Well, well, well. this is, well, number one, the Cardinals, it, the, you look at the division that they're in. I mean, they're not the strongest team in their division, number one. Uh, you know, the organization right now, is they're still trying to figure out what, what the next step is, and, and they took steps towards that. You look at the, the wide receivers they drafted. They know that the Fitzgerald era is coming to an end. Outstanding player you had there, and, and you're going to have to try to replace that production. They're trying to do that. Uh, they're, they're moving forward from that standpoint. The same, you look at what they did in the draft. There's a reason why they went out and got themselves a corner that they feel like could eventually be a starter there. Uh, they knew what was going on with Patrick. Well, before all of us did, that's, that's the way those things work. So the organization knew it. Now, how, where, does, where does Patrick fall in this? You know, this is one of those things when I first saw it, I didn't want to – I didn't even want to believe it. Uh, it, it's kind of like the Sean Springs thing when he was playing. Sean was one of my favorite players. He you know, he was a very good corner. You know, hopefully people remember how how he was and who he was. A big corner, fast guy, could do it all. And then he got he got popped for the PEDs, and it made me question everything he had done. That's what happens with Patrick. You know, because he's he's been such an outstanding player. You, you you talk about perennial All Pro. I mean, he has been he's been the watermark at that position for so long. You, where well, you can always there's not an argument about best corner in the league that he's not in. Uh, mm-hmm. So where does he go from here? Well, he's gonna he's gonna serve his suspension. Uh, I believe he'll still be in shape. I think he can still play. So he's going to play. Now the question is just uh, how how is he going to be viewed um, as a player? Uh, his legacy down the road. Or there will be some that will think, "Hey, did he do it at that level because he always found a way to get away with it?" I don't think that's the case. Just like right now, uh, I, I told some guys last week. The thing about the NFL: if you do it, you're going to get caught. The random tests are really bad people may not believe it, but you are going to get caught. And this right here is case in point. So. Patrick's in a bad situation you know he's gonna he's gonna miss some games you know what playing without playing without him they don't get better but it's not like the Cardinals will win the Super Bowl anyway so (laughs) 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 as an organization they'll be okay
0: well I I I think they'll be okay and he's been such such a key cog in that Cardinals backfield for so long and I think not 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 having him and knowing that they're going to have some other guys who are going to step up, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to come in and immediately light up the, the coach's scoreboard and say, hey, you know, this guy's going to be another Patrick Peterson. Well,
1: oh, no, well, well you know, Rudy, you don't put that pressure on a guy anyway. Of, of course, you're going to always draft a player uh, with the mindset that he reminds you of this type of player. Uh, but, you know, Patrick's a generational player and and those don't just come along all the time i mean you can always find a good solid player you you can find yourself you know that consistent starter you can find yourself that number one that there are a lot of number one corners in this league that aren't patrick peterson and and you don't see those guys come along a lot so so to put that pressure on someone to, to come in and, and expect that guy to be that person nobody knows who, who that is going to be trust me no no gm no scout no coach is that smart Nobody knew Patrick was going to be that good. Okay, when he came out, and that had a lot to do with his work ethic, his his natural ability, his smarts for the game, uh, and you know it's a shame that he finds himself in this situation right now because uh, he's he's taking six games away from, from you know some you know this stellar career that he has already put on film and what could be.
0: Well, I think what could be is, is also another team who lays in, well, the other side of the coast, and that's the New York Jets. Just the other day, they had released the general manager. They, they, they fired after everything he had done. Everything with the Le'Veon Bell deal, securing that offensive line, you know, securing the they, – they did a whole lot with him. The problem is now they don't have him. You have Adam Gase, who's never served as general manager, didn't do a stellar job in Miami, now finds himself in a Jets situation where instead of the fans are rooting Jets, 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 they're saying no, no, no. And right now it's about the no when you fire a guy who, again, doing so much for you. And now you find yourself with Adam as general manager and head coach. There are rumors that he had uh, some type of disagreement with the former general manager in regards to that Le'Veon Bell package coming over from from the Steelers, paying him more. Because Adam Gase's mindset is, we're going to hire the most grunniest of of grunts. We're not going to pay X amount of dollars. We're not going to pay this exorbitant amount of money to get somebody who, of course, missed uh, I think, a, a non-mandatory minicamp to not show up, and now you can't build the chemistry. What do you say for a guy who doesn't show up, even if it's voluntary? Are these valuable reps? Is it something that the Jets may regret later on? And how does Adam Gase find his way through the muck uh, in regards to now being responsible for two different roles within the Jets organization?
1: Okay, let's start this off by, how do I feel about a guy not showing up? Don't care never did. Could care less. When uh, it, It's voluntary. Uh, people get so caught up into it. Remember, it's voluntary. Uh, Rudy, if you worked at the post office and they said this week is voluntary for you to show up and deliver mail, do you go in and deliver mail? <laughs> no, no, you don't. If you are a school teacher and they say this week it is voluntary for you to come in and teach your class, do you show up? No. So it, because there's a, a higher monetary value placed on the on the profession, everyone's like, well, you should be going. No, it's just that. It's called voluntary. What I care about is whether or not – and you talk about the, the chemistry that's building in all of these things. Trust me. Everybody on that team knows who Lev Bell is. They know who he is. They know what he can do. Will they get to know him? Yes, they will have plenty of time to get to know him, those that don't know him. His thing – that I want from him when he shows up I want you to be the same Lev Bell that I saw in that in that Pittsburgh uniform so whatever you did to do that whatever training regiment you went through whatever whatever state you were in to get yourself to that level go back do that because that's the guy that my team paid for that's who I want to show up so that's the first thing right there I don't even care about that now, let's go over to Adam Gase and not wanting to pay players a certain amount of money and do all of these things. Uh, that goes into the category of you get what you pay for. The league has changed. You can't get yourself caught up in, in you know, that, well, I'm going to get these, these grunt athletes that will only pay for a certain amount of money. Well, the only way you can – the only reason you garner a certain amount of money is that your production says so. So – no one gets what they – no one gets paid what they're worth. You get paid what you negotiate, and and he negotiated those terms. So Adam Gase, you you have to deal with it, and that's just a part of it. And if you decide that you're not going to pay for high-end players that have shown proven production – because we know that that contract is a bridge over what you've done and what you're expected to do. And that, con- that bridge gets bigger the more production – That you show underneath it and when you have a guy that has produced like Lev Bell with the potential to continue producing at that level for years then you know you're gonna have to pay for it if you don't want those guys you you don't get them they will find a place and other people will get them so that is something he has to deal with I personally like Adam Gates I think Adam Gates is a good coach I think given the the proper players Adam Gates will do just fine I have no problem with him um, you know, coming over. I know a lot of people like, well, he, he's over the job and, and he doesn't know about being a GM. Well, there are a lot of people that take over GM jobs for the first time and don't really understand. I don't think it's going to remain in his hands. I don't think right now it's really going to affect the, the plan and what's going on. They're already through the draft. They're already through free agency. He's really doing what a head coach would be doing right now anyway. I don't think he's going to be flipping any deals. So I think people are getting all up in arms about something that really doesn't matter. Um, but as far as Gates not wanting Bell around, come on, man. Come, come on, man. What what, what offensive of mind wouldn't want Le'Veon Bell in their in their backfield? Stop it.
0: <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> well, well, let's think about this, though, right? He came over from a top-five-ranked offensive line with the Steelers, comes over to this Jets team who couldn't keep pressure off Sam Darnold in the pocket. And now here's a situation where he's not going to have the line he had in Pittsburgh. He's not going to have the gaps open up like he did in Pittsburgh. He's going to have the patience and all the tangibles that he brings to an offensive line, obviously other than the holdout on the opposite side of that, which makes perfect sense why he wanted to hold out. I don't think he held out for enough money, but then again, It's either ball or money. You got a ball to make money. If you don't ball, you ain't making no money. You're sitting on the sidelines or somewhere in Cancun, which I'm not really complaining about Cancun, even though I've never been there. But – but, but, but now <laughs>
1: it's not that great. It's really
0: not. It, it's not Okay. Fair enough. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Eric Davis joins me here on the root Dog show. This is Rudy Reyes. Go to Simcovich today. Schedule your free consultation. They will get you the answers you need to symptoms that continue to carry on and almost seem like forever. Simcovich cranial Eric Davis joins me here for a little bit longer. I think that the jets will end up second to last in their division only because Tom Brady's still playing in that AFC East. So I think a lot of things to be considered. And again, where Le'Veon Bell's production lies when you're talking about the middle of the season remains to be seen. Uh, there, there were some injuries here and there with the Steelers. Hopefully it doesn't haunt him with the Jets. Um, and, yeah, hopefully and,
1: not. And, and you know what, and with the Jets, let me just jump back in on that right now. The, the offensive line will play better because of Le'Veon Bell. I, I know we talk about how great – the pittsburgh Steelers line had been while he was behind in the production he had uh understand that a lot of that also comes from his understanding of where danger is coming from how to set up blocks how to be patient and how to allow his line to get in position to make those locks to make those blocks barry sanders was a guy that could do that frank gore the guy that's still in still in the league who who made the offensive linemen of the 49ers look so much better than they were because of his patience the offensive line will be better. It will help out Sam Donald. Okay, I'll leave the Jets alone now.
0: <laughs> no picking on the <laughs> Jets here. No picking on the Jets. Uh, speaking of other other NFL news, it, it, there are a lot of questions about the draft. Who was good? Who was not? Who drafted who? How'd they go? I want to focus in on the Raiders for, for half a minute because the Raiders probably acquired a guy who has more heart and soul than any fullback in the NFL. And when I say that, I take nothing away from anybody else who was drafted. I, I covered the 2018 NFL draft myself, and I see a lot of players go. i seen Lamar Jackson go 32nd overall to the Ravens. It was kind of a disappointment for them last year. But I think that when you look at the Raiders, you look at fullbacks, uh, guys like Marcel Reese, of course, uh, other guys to try to replace him. Uh, and Alex Engel comes in playing 51 games for the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, one of the best run blockers you're going to find out there was this a steal for the Raiders to get Ingold as an undrafted free agent?
1: <laughs> well, um, see now, I don't, I don't want to sound bad, but you're talking about a fullback. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously, you're talking about a fullback. It's like, the, it's like the Niners drafting a kicker or a punter or whatever. I mean, you, you know what? It's like, okay, I, I guess you have to have them. But <laughs> how, how, how far did they really tip the edge? Because you know you're you're going back and, and you start talking about Reese and you can and uh, we we can talk about fullbacks that m- played a major role. You that position is really not that important anymore. Things things have sort of changed. Uh, it, it's it's the, the league is to a point to where uh, you know uh, right now no one is looking for as talented as he has been and would be if you still knew the same arc of his career. No one's looking for Adrian Peterson. No one's no one's looking for that type running back. Why? Because the game has changed. You got to have three point shooters now, man. It's a perimeter game now. You want that's why Le'Veon Bell was able to do what he did, and why why people still want him on the team no matter what, because you need that dual threat. If you if you can find one guy that can do both of those things that can run the ball and can catch the ball, perfect. That's the one out there. You get an Ingram, and you and you have those two guys and let them understand that we need you to be able to do all of these things because the the offense um, mindset has spread out and it has changed. And it's about, as I said, it's about fast break offense now. It's not about pound and ground, uh, ground and pound. So back to what you were saying, the fullback. uh, (laughs) I'm just (laughs) – I mean, I I, I get what you're saying, and I can see the excitement for it, but, I mean, how 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 – much of an impact do you really add to an offense and to a team and i'm throwing that one at you rudy you you tell me i mean you you would have to convince me that that's 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 a major pickup now um as far as being a football player yes he's a good football player can you always find a way to have good football players on your on your team yes is there a need for it yes good locker room guys yes um you know is he going to come out and be a team's guy and play very well for you because there's No such thing as a backup in the NFL outside of the quarterback position. That's the the only backup position. Everything else in the NFL, you're either a starter on defense, you're a starter on offense, you're a starter on teams. And that has to be your mindset. Other than that, you you know, so he's got to be one of those guys.
0: Well, I think when you look at – yeah, no, he, he does. He has to be those kind of – he has to be that guy. If you get if you draft in that position, you have to play in the best to your ability in that respective position. I'm going to use Roosevelt-Knicks. How many blocks did Roosevelt-Knicks put down? How many guys did he lay flat for leaving a bell to rush through for that touchdown in the red zone? Many. Many and he did it by himself, too with the face. Rudy,
1: but Rudy, I can get do you I can also get a I can get a backup um, you know, defensive lineman to do that. I really I can get a tight end to do that. And I can get a tight end that can catch and can stretch the field and that can put and that can put that can put um, a, a lot of heat on a defense that allow that will allow my perimeter stars to be able to make plays simply by positioning. Um, I can, so I, I get what you're saying. There is a need for that. There's a need for that crash test dummy on the goal line. I get it. <laughs> you, you, you need that guy. You need that guy. That's that's like, okay, I know my job is to put this seatbelt on and just run into that wall. And we'll talk about it later. You need those guys, but I can all oh, see. That's the thing that I'm saying. What else are you going to do? Because I can get other guys to play that position. I have decent, I used to put a defensive end there, put a, put a back. I can put so many other people in there to just say, go smash into this guy. So that's, that's why I say, how much better does your team get if that's what you're after? If you, you want like, we need a fullback. If you, if you're going into the draft, we need a fullback. You're missing where offenses are going now.
0: Eric Davis joins me here on the rude dog show for just a little bit longer. There are a lot of gems taken in the draft. All 32 teams had taken picks uh, some traded up, some traded down. We're going to talk about the Steelers for a minute because they were they they weren't projected to move up, and I had stated this on the show many times before. The Steelers will find a way to draft up, and they did. They grabbed a guy who's a sideline to sideline player in Devin Bush out of Michigan. Uh, he's he has great anticipation. He's great in the backfield. Uh, is he at every down back? And did the Steelers move up? In the right way, in order to grab a guy in Devin Bush, that's going to be the replacement for Ryan Shazier moving forward.
1: Uh, I think the Steelers did exactly what you're supposed to do. Uh, people all the time talk about a team reached or a team didn't. You know you, you, that they this guy is not that good. He was projected to be at another position. No, if that's your guy, you go get him. If you, if you if, if and Devin Bush is, is a that, that's that's a player that you know. Uh, history has said the Steelers play better. Uh, their mindset is to play a certain way when they have linebackers that can do certain things. This is something that, that was there before Tomlin. This is something that's there with Tomlin. It'll be there afterwards. Every team has an identity. Every, every team has a philosophy, and that's what I say all the time. You, that's, that's why you see these perennial winners and the perennial losers – because the perennial winners understand it is not about finding that one quarterback or that one coach or that one tight end. It's about having one philosophy and understanding that everyone you bring into your colors, that they understand it. That's what Pittsburgh has always done. They win a certain way. They had to go out and get that and replace there. and that's what they've done. I I think you you have someone that has the ability. We'll see how it it all relates, how it transfers. You have to do that with every rookie coming in um, because sometimes it takes some players longer and some never get to where the speed of the game and the thinking to where their athletic ability can come through. I don't think that's going to be the case. But that right there, I think, was a very, very smart move. They went and got the player that they want. And, and if you if you see this guy being that next whatever, and we talked about it earlier with some other players about putting that tight pressure on them to do certain things, but if you think this guy is the next, you make the move and you get him. And I, I like what the Steelers did in the draft.
0: Definitely. I think Devin Bush is going to be that every down linebacker. They have a mm-hmm. solid rotation with two of it up front, Cam Hayward, uh, Javon Hargrave's making a name for himself with, with a few sacks and pressures last year, forcing quarterbacks down to the ground uh let's let's kind of walk into this eric davis joins me here on the rude dog show for just a little bit longer of course we we, we look at new england and i mentioned this before on the show especially when it was breaking news and i i talked about it and everybody else wanted to chime in and talk about it and and get their spin and things of that nature and of course it, it, it's an ongoing litigation between robert Kraft. what happened at the salon uh usually when you go to a salon i think of a haircut but again i don't have any so i have no use going into I don't <laughs> reason to go to a parlor. but 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 it's an ongoing situation outside of that the new england patriots found a way just as the bruins did in boston another boston team winning the stanley cup but new england went on to win another super bowl five rings for belichick and and Brady winning their division. Of course, there really wasn't any competition. Miami went 7-9. and Buffalo 6-10 and uh, with without Allen in there for a, a few games because of injury. New York Jets find a way to go 4-12, but they are the Jets, so I don't really expect a whole lot from them. Uh, then you go over to the AFC North where the Steelers were begging and hoping and crossing their fingers and their toes and their lucky rabbit's foot and their four-leaf clover in their pocket, hoping that the Browns would beat the Ravens. Uh, didn't happen, so the Ravens won the division 10-6. and six. Steelers went 9-6-1, and one, which is abysmal. Uh, Cleveland went 7-8-1, and one, which is a win for them, I believe. Are they going to be that much better with OBJ, Landry, and everybody else therein? Absolutely. Are they going to be rivals in the AFC North? That remains to be seen, and, and, and I'm going to state this right now. The Browns are not the best team in the AFC North, regardless of who they have on the team, because they've had draft after draft after draft. And have done nothing with it. They're they're getting better. They're getting there, but they're still in the works now. With Freddie Kitchens taking the head coaching you, you, position.
1: Well, you know what? They're not the best team. I, I agree with you. They're not the best team in the AFC uh, North. Uh, no, not yet. Uh, do they have potential to be a, a thorn in everyone's side and uh, and turn into that? Yes, they do. They're young enough. They're talented enough. They have a new coach, uh, which, which should bring in a new mindset, new philosophy. You have so many new faces in there that that also brings in a new mindset. Because uh, remember, the guys that they have right now, some of that talent that they have. Remember, all of years of losing. At some point, you get a group of guys in there that, that will say that has nothing to do with me. Uh, like guys, like you, like you do. You do realize and it, and it only takes a few guys to stand up and just say you do realize that has nothing to do with us at all. I mean, I, I saw it. I, I saw it, and I was a part of it when I went to the Carolina Panthers in their early existence. And mm-hmm. I remember one day – it was early on, and I and I was one of the guys that stood up, and I was like, at some point, guys, you got to get tired of getting your ass handed to you. you got to mm-hmm. get tired of getting your butt kicked. Mm-hmm. This is a very simple game, and at some point you have to decide that forget what the labels say about being a new team or whatever or being a perennial loser that you're going to do it. So I think that they can do it, especially – um, when, when you when you look at where the other teams within the order, within the division are. there's, there's, there's you know some transition happening with the Ravens. We all know what everything that has been going on and circling around with the Steelers and, and that locker room and how things are, are going. Um, the Bengals still, you know they still they always have that little brother complex. Now, it, it doesn't matter how talented they are, they have that little brother complex within the division. So Cleveland has an opportunity. They, they, they really do, but I'm not going to make them the best team in the division right now.
0: There's no way to, 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 to make yeah. that claim because, first of all, Lamar Jackson didn't look very good on the run incompletions. He's familiar with running out of the pocket, but in a very different offense. And now he comes into this last year. I think he had a decent season. But he's a rookie, and I think that he went a lot farther than people thought he was being selected 32nd overall with his mom representing him as his agent. So that speaks volumes for him. What the organization did in the offseason, they did get some guys. They, they did get some one-year rentals. Uh, maybe they'll, they'll they'll make a more of a solid run uh, with Lamar Jackson now maturing, being a student of the game, becoming the guy that you need under center for, for Baltimore. But I think that that the Bengals basically did nothing. At, at least from from a draft perspective, yeah, they they grabbed some guys, but they didn't grab any big 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 names, guys that really stand out. They, they grabbed a tight end, they grabbed a defensive lineman. Yeah. You know, they they did some things here and there, but I I don't think the Bengals are out of the woods yet. Uh, the
1: Bengals aren't a, but the Bengals aren't a bad football team. The, the Bengals are, like I said, they they are still caught up with that that mindset. They for, number one, they needed a new voice. They 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 really did. As much as I. Like what had been happening there from, you know, you know, with that team and and how they were building, they were just they were it was bad timing. Uh, They just had better teams within their division. They were in a tough division. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not a bad roster. That's not a bad locker room. And sometimes it really does just that uh, just a different voice saying, Mm -hmm. guys, it's it's time. And Mm -hmm. just a slight tweak. the, The Bengals aren't out of it. Like they didn't, they didn't, they didn't need to do a lot to that roster. There are some rosters out there that you don't really need to add a lot to, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. still have an opportunity to, to jump right back in it based on where your division is. I mean, it's kind of like the AFC South. Uh, you, those teams are all, they're all so close together that. It doesn't take much for the Jags to go from last place to first place with the division. You know what I mean, Rudy?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I definitely agree with you. Speaking of the Colts, they did some really good things, mm-hmm. um, in, in the draft. Andrew Luck looked absolutely on point. They ended last season at ten and six, which is what I expected them to do. And actually, hot skip and jump to Houston Texans, of course, having their their own issues there. Uh, from from an internal standpoint as well as from uh, a a player standpoint, Texans went on eleven and five, Colts ten and six, Titans nine and seven. Um, I'm not I'm still not a believer. Marcus Mariota under center, he's got a lot to prove, and he knows that he does. He knows that he does. Will 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 Mariota find his way to get over the hump? And, and stop with the unnecessary interceptions. Of course, no interceptions necessary, but double coverage, triple <laughs> coverage. He's not reading defenses. Ben Roethlisberger did the same thing last year, throwing the ball into double, triple coverage. The timing wasn't there, he was off. But does Marcus Mariota find a way to get out of the dark ages and onto a winning track, winning more, and, and, and throwing smarter and more accurately down the field this season?
1: Uh, that's, that may be something that never goes. Um, a lot of times you see it with talented quarterbacks that have big arms. Um, they feel like they could fit it in any, any and everywhere. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, as you said, he's one of those guys. He's going to stay there. He has this tough guy mentality. I can always fit it in. I'm not trying to compare Mariota to Brett Favre, but Brett Favre, I played against him constantly. He thought his right arm was better than you. I, I, I literally, he and I would be looking <laughs> eye to eye. I, I, no, no lie. Literally, eye to eye on the play before the snap, and I'm sitting there looking at him. He's looking at me, and I would put my hands together like I'm praying, like like please throw it. And he would look at me and wink, and then throw the ball because he <laughs> believed that he could get it in. <laughs> and, and, you know, you no no seriously, seriously these things we would we would do that that and and Mario there, there are quarterbacks that have that much belief in what it is that they're doing what's going to so so will he stop throwing the ball and trying to fit it into those windows no that's what got him drafted being able to throw the ball into those windows those windows just close faster he will learn some of that what will help him out i believe will be mike vrabel and what vrabel is going to do this this guy is trying to build his defense he wants to build his 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 running game he wants to uh, understand the way he won and he knew that it's as great as the quarterbacking was there, he understood and he saw an organization there with the Patriots win in a certain way, and it wasn't all about the quarterback. And I think that's what's going to help, that, you know, Mariota. I, I really do believe that he has a coach that is that can give him the confidence that you don't have to win the game. I it, not and and some coaches go too far, some organizations go too far. Well, where they go into well, just don't lose it. No, if, if you're a player who I, I'm telling you just don't lose the game for me, you're not good enough. Now, what I need you to do is go out and make the plays as they present themselves, but you don't have to try and recreate or to, to create something that's not there. I think he has the opportunity to learn that because he's talented enough. Uh, but I'm with you that the rope has kind of come to the end. He needs to do it right now especially with the coach coming back the way Andrew Luck was playing. You see what's happening with the quarterback situation and mm-hmm. the team um, with, with the Texans. If they're going to compete, he's going to have to do it right now.
0: Well, the competition window is going to be closing for him. And to be honest with you, if he continues to not show up season mm-hmm. after season, they're going to find a way to get another quarterback in there. Guarantee it. Oh, well, of
1: course. That's that's the business. If you Hey, man, if, if you can't get it done – you're out of there every single year every single year every single position (laughs) they're trying to find somebody to replace you that's why they have a draft every year they're looking for someone better than you and i told guys and i tell young guys now i played 13 the only year that they weren't trying to replace me was one of those years and that was my first year when they drafted me to replace somebody
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the way it is (laughs) well i think that his his window is closing uh, and, and I don't see it falling off the rails. Uh, and, of course, Jacksonville, very disappointing season last year, uh, whereas the, the prior season, seeing the defense come up massively for Jacksonville, mm-hmm. uh, they, they did some training in, with the quarterback position. I wasn't convinced with anybody. I don't think anybody on that. In, in the quarterback position with the two that they had there, I just didn't see them moving forward with either one of those guys, untimely don't know how to control the ball, throwing it into coverages. It, it just it looks very bad for Jacksonville, and I don't think it looks any better. You know, you have a guy missing, head coach is like, dude, where are you at? Why can't you be here? <laughs> you know, you have a lot of absenteeism going on, I, I I think, the NFL. Voluntary is one thing. Mandatory is another, and I, I don't think uh-huh. that the Jacksonville Jaguars players mandatorily uh, picked up where they left off last season and ended up at 5-11. and Let's move to the AFC West because the AFC West is really – Really exciting, at least in a back-and-forth match between the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Phillip Rivers, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Both 12-4, and Kansas City had a better home record, uh, and actually won at home in a playoff game, which hadn't been done in quite a few years at least. Uh, They're one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL but Kansas City definitely seen some some growing pains, but where they didn't see it is on the offensive side of the system. Defensively, they've seen some changes, some turnover uh, between Justin Houston and a couple other guys found their way out of Kansas City, and almost almost a new backfield when you look at Kansas City uh, between and of course the LA Chargers getting better right there on that doorstep. And I think to myself, man, how many kids does Philip Rivers need to have? He has an offensive line right now, <laughs> <laughs> and I know you know that. <laughs>
1: Leave that man alone. He likes his family, and he likes his family big. Leave it alone. Stop
0: it. <laughs> yeah, he's from, he's from Utah. It's Mormon country out there. So twelve and twelve and four for the Chargers. Twelve and four for the Chiefs, and of course the Broncos. Extremely disappointed. I'm not going to go on about Kansas City because they don't need a whole lot of pieces. The Chargers don't need a whole lot of pieces. Having the same identical record last season, but the Broncos, though the Broncos, and of course I'm in Broncos country with a lot of other people. So many disappointed fans um daily in and out the broncos win. they grabbed paxton lynch a couple years ago then they uh, figure out a trade to get joe flacco in under center i don't know that that was a fantastic move but it was better than what they did have you bring a super bowl champion in that knows how to win Look, the Ravens system is a stymieing system, and I think that's one of the reasons why Joe Flacco said, "You know what? You're going to trade me. I'm good. I'll go anywhere, but I don't want to be here." Was it a good move for Denver, and was it even better for Lamar Jackson, or does that take away from his learning curve, learning from a guy who's already won a Super Bowl? Uh,
1: well, uh, I think it's a good move for the organization. You have you have a, a veteran quarterback. You have a guy under center that has been proven. Where it's been proven that in the big game he can actually show up and, and make plays. I'm still mad at him for a couple of plays that he made when I was with the 49ers organization <laughs> in, the, in the Super Bowl um, to Anquan Bowl, and I'm still mad because he took a ring from me. Um, <laughs> and I and I take that personally. Everybody does. That this guy can't play and, and he can't do certain things and he's not a starter. Uh, you know, Those are lies. Trust me. He took my ring. Uh, so I, I, I've seen him do it. So um, the one thing that John, El- John Elway was an amazing as a coach, he's been amazing as an NFL administrator, executive. Uh, the one thing he has not been able to do is, you know, draft and groom that quarterback. He's had success by going in, we know, getting paid Manning of the veteran. He's trying that again. This, So I, I think that that is the case in which you. From an organization standpoint, they're trying to look at some of the pieces that they put on defense because this, this is what John actually decided to do. You put so much money on the defensive side of the ball, and you put the money into uh, you know, the Von Millers of the world. You're mm-hmm. deciding that you are going to be a defensive club, and that's how you're going to try to win things. Mm-hmm. That's, that's even what they did when Peyton was around. You, you put the money over there. So that's the mindset of the organization right now. So they're continuing with that. Uh, now, as far as being in a position behind Flacco and learning, he could say that my job is to come in here compl- to play and when asked questions about whether or not you're going to mentor anyone and all of these things, uh, you, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny because guys, guys, some, some know how to handle that question. Some don't. And it doesn't matter how many years you're in the league. This is the, the, the bottom line is part of your job. As a veteran is to teach the next guy how to take your job uh, some guys are more vocal with that some guys do it by example your job as a backup your got your job as a young player is to watch every single thing that the vets are doing every critique that they get you listen to you evaluate it you see the way they're being evaluated and you find pieces of that to add to your game so Flacco being a veteran player understanding how to play understanding how to perform even understanding how to keep your pulse rate down in certain crucial situations the guys behind him will see that and they will learn from it and it and they all have an opportunity to get better um because of that he makes a few plays along the way everyone likes him that much more and everyone all of a sudden it's amazing how you become this great leader rudy you know when you're playing
0: well, <laughs> well
1: <laughs> you yeah. can be the same guy You can be a guy that doesn't talk to anyone. I was in locker rooms with guys that I couldn't stand, and other guys on the team couldn't stand. But everyone was like, they are the greatest leaders, and and they they are a major part of everything that's happening. No, nobody even talked to them. But they performed on the field, and that's all that anyone ever really cares about. What do you do on Sunday? So if Flacco does that, they'll be fine. The organization will be fine, and the guys behind them will learn from it.
0: Well, hopefully so, and, and I think that, that the Broncos are on a serious learning curve right now because they, they did lose Brandon Marshall to Oakland, uh-huh. of course, the rivals within the division, and lost a, a couple of other key pieces, and you're talking about Von Miller, very explosive, but those guys, like a Patrick Peterson, like a Ben Roethlisberger, they don't grow on trees. They're not the ones you can find a low-hanging fruit. These guys come in every once in a while, and it, uh-huh. takes, it takes a while. Uh, the, the Steelers went through I don't know how many cornerbacks and how many safeties. They found Rod Woodson. They found Troy Palmolo at a USC. You know, you 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 don't find guys like this very often. And I think that, you know, Joe flacco's he, he's not that guy yet, but winning cures wounds, winning cures ailments, winning cures blues and mentalities within the locker room. The more you lose, the worse the mentality is so you go out and, and underperform and underachieve because that's your mindset. And I think that Joe Flacco has a little bit, of ways to go yes he won a super bowl will he go to the hall of fame yeah i don't think so but it depends well, on what well, he does you know, in denver but,
1: but rudy but right now you're not even concerned about the hall of fame right now you're concerned about stability if you're the if you're the broncos if you're a broncos fan you're concerned about stability at the quarterback position you're you're concerned about someone coming in and being a playmaker at the quarterback position uh your defense even with the loss of, of a brandon marshall i you you look at what you have your defense is good enough to to make plays it's more than adequate enough to keep you in game you need an offense you need a quarterback that can give you three scores a game and that's what and you have to be able to have that especially looking at, at the division that you're in because you are playing you're playing against the warriors if you start to look at what you have when, when you go play kansas city they are going to score Their issue is their defense, and I said it last year, and and I think until they address it, uh, and and until I see how it progresses, if you're going to give up 30, 40 points a game, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're going to – it's going to be – tough when you get into the playoffs because someone's going to find a way to do that. And you also have the chargers who I think will win the division. I, I picked them to win last year and and I'm going to pick them again to win the division. I like what Anthony land is doing the way they play. And I think the best thing that happens to the, happened to the chargers was going to new England and getting their butts kicked. They found out that young team that, you know, young and old, they found out what it actually took and what it takes to get to that next level. I wouldn't be shocked if the Chargers aren't in the Super Bowl next year. So when you have those things within your division, uh, you just got to get some stability with at the quarterback position. So forget forget about the the super, about the um, Hall of Fame right now. Guess he he'll be out the league years and years not doing anything for your organization before he can get that jacket, whether he gets it or not. You need him to win right now.
0: Yep, yeah, and and I think the Broncos will win right now. Whether or not they'll get to five hundred remains to be seen. In the end of less than 400 last year. Of course, last <laughs> last but not least, the Oakland Raiders, who just abysmal year in and year out, year in, year out. They went ahead and traded uh, the Steelers uh, to acquire Antonio Brown. That's a whole other talk show in of itself. I don't have time for that, but I can tell you this. Uh, again, the offensive line not doing a great job to keep uh, a car upright, forcing him for you know to Aaron throws. There were some great throws. Don't get me wrong. I don't know that Carr's the guy. Last but not least, did the Oakland Raiders do anything in regards to protecting Carr? And if so, did they give him the weapons in order to be more effective in the red zone and, again, not, not turn the ball over, just have better quarterback play in 2019?
1: Uh, well, Derek hasn't played better. Coming, coming out, and, and I got some heat from, from people coming out uh, when he was drafted. The thing that I, I always liked him, I think that he has all the tools to do it, but in college, when I went back and I looked at his film, if when he was pressured, it kind of got to him. And then he came into the league, and you weren't seeing those things. Mm-hmm. I think that's starting to. I, I think guys are starting to tap into that, and uh, and you see some of the errant throws in those situations. Uh, I, I I you look at the switching of the offense and understanding what's going on. Did they get in weapons? I know as you said, AB is a that's a whole different uh, topic, and we can talk about that for a long time. I'm a big big. Big big A B fan, I, I really do. The production is off the charts. I don't see how you're going to stop it right now. He's he, there are a few receivers in the league that can take you off the dribble. He's one of those guys that you don't have to set a pick, you don't have to run a play, you don't have to do anything but give him the ball and he can take you one on one. And and that's just that's just the way it is. The offensively they got better. Uh, Derek Carr just got better. His numbers are going to get better. It's got, it can turn into the Peyton Manning thing. Peyton Manning set the touchdown record when he was there in Denver. But Peyton Manning, yeah, honestly, um, Bebe should have gotten it because he was throwing a whole lot of hitches, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and Thomas was taking them. He was taking he was taking a two yard pass fifty yards. Oh. That's what you get in a B. So uh, does the accuracy? Do the numbers? Do all of these things increase? Uh, yes, they can because you don't have to push the ball up the field as much, which means you don't take as many hits, which means you don't throw as, any, as many interceptions. All of those things can come into play. My concern with the Raiders is your, the offense. How, how much is John Gruden, Gruden going to add to that offense? Um, he's a true West Coast guy, mm-hmm. old school West Coast guy. Mm-hmm. We know that. We know um, where he cut his teeth and how his offense is run. High schools run a version of the West Coast offense. Guys have been playing against it so long now that you understand a lot of the original concepts. He has to change some things up to make it easier for his quarterback. And I actually put more of that on Gruden, um, being the offensive guru that he's supposed to be. I put more of that on him that i put on Derek carr right now so i think that's going to help his advancement he has a guy that's supposed to help him out if if that offense can progress he he has a true number one receiver they should be better it should get better
0: it it's hopefully going to get better because raider fans are completely in disgust right now going back to back seasons uh less than less than 500 and that's not going to work yeah, no, they they, they they have the talent. Again, it's it's like the Cleveland Browns. It's putting it all into perspective. Gruden's last year, or uh, last season, rather, was not reflective of anything you'd see in Tampa Bay when he won a Super Bowl, but more importantly, what he can bring to this offensive system. I completely agree with you. Eric Davis joins me here on the Rood Dog Show for just a few seconds longer. Eric, where can everybody find you at, to check you out, to listen to some good stuff, and, uh, and look at your straightforward tweeting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you you just you just said it you you know what i um I, you know I'm, I'm actually i'm actually getting ready to do some some speaking on the circuit with some things i'll put it out um, um i'll put it out here shortly once we have everything locked down uh the, the speaking circuit that we're going to go on um i've been you know helping guys out with some with some camps uh, and um and i'll i'll get it all out on the social media to let anyone who who wants to know get involved with it and, and come out, but just trying to, just trying to, um, you know, talk ball, uh, but also talk about what is, you know, the, the, the things that happen and what this game brings It's it's a great game. I, I love it. I, but and there are so many life lessons that, that these guys learn. Um, and there's so much about it that people just don't understand, uh, because it's, it's sort of, it's, it's a, it's an all boys club. And there's a rope that a lot of people don't get behind, and we just want to kind of just let the people get behind the rope. So, uh, as you said, straightforward tweeting. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> that's what what is my what is my handle? Underscore Eric Davis. Underscore. Yeah. <laughs> you follow follow that, and I I don't say a whole lot, but I try to make it have some substance when I do. So. Uh, you, you know, Rudy. Substance is everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. So substance is everything. Eric Davis joins me here on the Rudolph Show. Eric, hey, man, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time. Going to have you back on again. I uh, would love to have you back on. Let people know uh, more, more about you. We'll talk about where the teams are in the season. We'll talk about, you know, who's good, who's bad. If you had one team that you could pick that won the NFL draft in the sense of who got the most value and bang for their buck, what specific team would that be?
1: Wow. One, that's, man, that's so hard. That's so hard. (laughs) I stumped you. (laughs) You you know, and I I know what you mean. This is the, right now, right now, if you look at all these teams, uh, everyone went out and supposedly got the players that they need. You don't know what they're going to turn into. So if, I, if I'm going to – okay, if you're asking me one team, I'll make this quick as quickly as I can do this as quickly as I can. If you're saying one team that got the bang for their buck is not going to be sexy, I'm going to go New England. Why? They always tend to draft the players, draft players that come in and fit the system. they And this is what I was talking about. It's not about having a specific player. It's not about a team coming in. I need a quarterback. I need a tight end. I need a, a fullback, as you said. Fullback, wow. Uh, but <laughs> but it's, about, it's, it's about understanding your philosophy and what it takes to win. And New England continues to show that they know how to do that. And they did it again. And, and even like this year, again, they draft a quarterback. that they, they, Belichick drafts a quarterback every year. How much? How many players have solid players has he gotten over the years by trading those quarterbacks away that will never play as long as he has Brady? So just think about that. So that's why I say that team had another solid draft. They got players that I believe can play, may not play for them, that could be traded in assets down the road for them and continue that that uh, organization moving and steamrolling in the position that it is ha- has been in. So. Um, I'm going to say they won.
0: Well, if, if they won, then who lost? Because you always have to have a winner and a loser. Who was a loser? <laughs> there are a lot of teams no one, who lost.
1: No one, we can't, no one, no one can lose right now. No one. Why? <laughs> because it, it takes a few years to see. Now, you could have some teams that have done better, but you got all these players, and, and Rudy, I am not going to be the guy that comes out and says, this guy can't play. This guy right. can't play. Even even like when, when people went in with the Raiders and they were like, why would they draft Cleland Farrell that early in the draft? Why? Because they thought he was their guy. If you think he's your guy, get him. One of the wisest things I ever heard from a coach um, that, that actually didn't try to act like he was a genius or anything like that, Mike Shanahan told me to my face, if I had known – People, He said everyone always talks about how smart I am, you know, drafting these running backs and getting them in late rounds, and they, and they all turn into these 1,000-yard guys. He said, man, don't you think I would have drafted TD number one if I had known he was going to be that good? Yeah. He said I had no idea he was going to be that good. Yeah. He said if I had known that, he would have been my first pitch. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so you, draft, you draft a guy because you think he's your guy. So there's no such thing as a bad draft right now. We
0: can't tell. Well, action going play. to speak louder than words. And it, it, it's, it's a matter of putting it out there and saying, you know what? This is the position that I know you can play in. It's a matter of believing in yourself and being able to say, you know what? I can overcome this or i got a lot of guys every single year, you know better than I, undrafted, free agent guys who tend to find a way to stick. I mean, it happened uh, four or five years ago when the Cleveland Browns picked picked up Pierre Desir, a, a, a friend of mine, at a Linwood University. Linwood University, where is that? You know, he's the first guy ever taken out of the high school that he came from, much less the university that he attended. And now he's third, second or third in, in the red zone against the pass. Pierre Desir! <laughs> Hey, dude, like, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy,
1: you're talking to a guy that that was you know five ten, 170 pounds coming out they good as i kept growing um, <laughs> but you know that went that went to a division two school that no one had even heard of at the time so
0: mm-hmm.
1: um mm-hmm. it's you all you can do is ask for a chance and once you get that opportunity you come in and play so um you know, there were there were people there were people who said that the Niners shouldn't have drafted me as high as they drafted me when I when I came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. they were
0: wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> clearly they were <and> wrong. <laughs> why, and, and, and and
1: and they were wrong, and, and the Niners were right. And that's why that's why this has always been my philosophy about it. if if you are the guy, you're the guy. My defensive back coach at that time, Ray Rhodes, who turned into the coordinator and everything. Eventually, mm-hmm. he was the head coach at Philly. Mm-hmm. Ray Rhodes told me, working me out. He was like, he said it. You're my guy, and and I'm going to draft you, and he, and everyone's going to go crazy. He said, but you are my guy that can do exactly what I need done. That's what I say about these guys. Can't say it's a bad draft. These teams are drafting players that they believe can fit a specific niche. Now, how you go about evaluating that niche that goes back to team philosophy. If you, you got to have you got to have a philosophy and not not just be chasing, you know, that, that big, strong, quick, fast guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Don't get caught up in the stats. You got to understand what they're supposed to do. So, and the teams that have done that, let's let them play Rudy. And a few years from now, not even one, Don't let's not do one season. And, and, and you know, we, we did that with RG3. We're doing it with Baker Mayfield right now. Mm-hmm. All, all of these guys, let them play it out. And then you'll see who did the right thing by the way these – by the way the players progress
0: yeah well progression is 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 where is where these guys want to be i've interviewed so many players eric that a a lot of times and even the guys who hadn't even been looked at given a chance given an opportunity to get into the nfl to play and i I have guys hit me up all the time well hey do you know this agent do you know that agent well you should have an agent already and if you don't have an agent already there's no way i mean you're again you're not a lamar jackson getting your mom to, to to represent you you're you're a guy who wants to get to the next level and now you're thinking the afterthought you know what what should a guy do should should i grab an agent and if so do i have an opportunity to go somewhere else and actually play do I have an opportunity at all and things like that you got to know when when to call it a day when you were drafted what was going through your mind as an undrafted guy i mean what what do you feel was the the, the highlight of your college career that you can translate and transform into something better being a two-time pro bowler and three-time all-pro in the NFL
1: uh, well, number one, I mean, I was drafted in the second round, and there were 12 rounds back then, so I was drafted high and early. When you really think about it, to be a kid out of a small school like that and get drafted that high by the Super Bowl champs, uh, so so what I was thinking about it, it was it's football. I had played football every year of my life since I was, you know, in the third or fourth grade. <laughs> so um, I had just ended my college season and football season was coming again, so I actually expected to play football if given the opportunity I was going to play football. I didn't think anything else about it. Once out there, you just go in and, and you play and you perform. Now, you, I, I, Rudy, you know me, I'm going to be real about this. Uh, guys that you're saying, well, I don't have an agent and how do I get in? And they're asking you how did you get into um, the NFL and how did you get on an NFL team? Well, you don't. If you If you can play, they'll find you. If you can't play now, – now, not to say that there won't be some guys that fall through the cracks, but if you can play someone – there, every, everybody plays on television now. Um, there are scouts all over. They are – I mean, they're, they're, these guys get paid handsomely to be NFL scouts. They will get there they their area scouts, and they will find you no matter what school you're playing for. People will find you. I got to the NFL, and I got spotted. Not because they were coming to watch me play, they were actually coming to watch teammates. They were actually they were actually coming. I you know they were actually I played with some mean defensive linemen. I mean we were a Division two school, but we kicked butt. I had I think I had uh, six or seven guys off of my team go to the NFL, which is ridiculous for a Division two school. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it truly is. We were we were good, uh, but I, I, you know my defensive linemen they were coming to look. For, at those guys, no one was paying. No one was paying any attention to me. I was a little tiny dude. Um, but what happened? One one of the scouts came in, and, and he Dave Campo, the Dallas Cowboy scout. Ironically enough,
0: he, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dave Campo, Dave Campo was the first guy to come to me during my junior year, and and he said, I, I'm I'm here to look at cheeseburger that was that orlando adams that was his name. cheeseburger <laughs> got drafted by philly but um but he, he was like I, I he was like i'm here to look at cheeseburger he said but every time i cut the film on you keep jumping out he's like i i, I keep seeing you do things <laughs> uh so he was like so i had to figure out who you were and i wanted to talk to you that now let's get back to the guys you were talking about they'll find you they will see you you just go out and you just play. You play the game, and if you have, if you have and possess the ability to do certain things, there there have to be some given. There have to be some tangibles. You have to be so fast and so quick and, and and you know and so strong based on the position that you're playing. Now, those things have to be a given because you you, you know that the physical is going to max out at some point. So you know, the bigger, the stronger, the faster you are. Okay, you know that's gonna help because there's some guys' philosophy, and it kind of makes sense. Most of the time, big, strong, fast, um, it it beats slow, (laughs) weak. (laughs) It's you know, and slow. Uh you, You know, so so you wanna you wanna do those things, but you go you go out you play you play. They'll find you. You have to have the mindset that now, I love competing. And that's – this is the bottom line out of everything that I just said, the bottom line at making the progression from high school to college to the NFL. The bottom line is do you love competition, true competition? Competition at the highest form is not about me beating somebody that I'm better than. You shouldn't win a race nine times out of ten if you're faster. If I'm – Rudy, if you and I are racing – if whoever is the fastest person should win the race every single time, I'm going to assume that's me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're 51. I'm 40. I'll be 46. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to
1: assume I'm, I'm 51, but I, I still can pick them up and put them back. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to assume I, I should beat you 10 out of 10 times. I, if I'm yes, faster, yes, I should beat you not nine out of 10. I should beat you 10 hopefully, out of 10. Hopefully. So now, so now, so, if I'm, fa- I'm better than you so competition that's not competition competition it starts when you are going against someone who as who has the same ability as you who has the same intangibles the same speed the same quickness the same mindset mm-hmm. They they have the same worth and effort okay th- those that's when true competition starts the truest form of competition Rudy is how do I beat a guy who's better than me this guy's bigger stronger quicker faster how do i beat him because just because you're bigger stronger faster doesn't mean i can't beat you Mm -hmm. that's what the nfl is about that's what surviving is about that's what making it to that next level that's what that mindset of being that free agent that makes it you know that undrafted free agent how do these guys make it how how do you how do you how are you that low draft pick like richard Sherman, but Mm -hmm. you figure out how to be a hall of fame player it's because you have that – you understand that truest form of competition, and you understand how to win even though you may not possess something physically. That's the game.
0: But it's the intangibles it's it it, it's the intangibles you you have to be able to bring that though and if you don't have those intangibles then all you are is a black and white player you're going to play within the lines you're not going to become creative you become stale and all of a sudden you realize well what happened in my career right you hear about guys doing that all the time
1: if you don't take yeah you root if if you don't take a chance running lot running lot told me very early in my career that you that you make educated guesses he, he was like you have to you have to feel something and you have to take that chance and he, and he said you don't guess on the play he said it's an educated guess And he said this is the thing eric he told me this early on bo told me that if you if you guess wrong you go home he said if you guess right you'll play a long time he said but if you are afraid to take that chance he said you're just a guy and one of the expressions we had around the Niners organization was don't be the guy. And but it, 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 you heard it all the time. Don't be the guy. Don't be the guy to mess it up for everyone else. Don't be the guy that doesn't make the play. Don't be the guy that doesn't show up when we need you to show up. And, and because a guy can be replaced. And that's the thing. So, so that's when you talk about those intangibles. It's understanding your physical ability. Some guys have more. Some guys – Randy Moss could just wake up and outrun people, period.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Th- th- that was it. Some guys – and, and uh, that's the thing. I don't have to run a 4-2 to cover a guy who runs a 4-2. Mm-hmm. How many guys in, in the NFL – uh, and we'd see him all the time. You get the scouting report, and they was that this guy runs a four three one forty. And I'm like, you're a wide receiver. You run a four three one forty, and you're not an all pro. You can't catch. Yeah. You can't run routes. Yeah. yeah. You you can't understand how to read defenses. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason why. Like you're not even starting. Mm-hmm. There. So 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 you so you have to understand how to utilize the physical and the mental to play the game because it's it's like. At a, at a point you got to get like neo in the matrix man you got to be able to see everything moving around and understand what it all means together
0: yeah or, or even john wick you know where all he needs is guns and blow people away you know with the uh, with the amount of guns that he has but eric davis joins me here on the rude dog show man Eric last last but not least I I don't I don't want to pick Super Bowl guys I don't want to pick Super Bowl teams I don't want to pick Super Bowl players if there was one team that you would have going to the Super Bowl you were talking about the Chargers do the Chargers end up in the Super Bowl on the AFC side and if so who matches up with them on the NFC side Uh, if I had to pick today um it's so early and I
1: always hate doing that and I reserve the right to change my mind I'm
0: <laughs> not on the this year. show <laughs> okay,
1: as, team, as team starts playing as, as the team start to play we'll probably have we'll have ten of these conversations throughout the season <laughs> I'm sure. yeah uh, I, I reserve the right to change my mind but but right now knowing what I know about that organization about the head coaches, uh, the players in their locker room and the way their locker rooms are run. I would – because of just the mindset of Anthony Lynn in that organization, what he has top-down, I'd like the Chargers. I would go with the Saints. Yeah. Same reason, understanding what they have top-down top down from Sean Payton, um, the, the urgency that his Hall of Fame quarterback feels, uh, the talent that's around him. Um, uh, just the mindset of those guys. I think there's a certain hunger there that you have to have, um, and there's a certain expectation that you have to have. It's not just about wanting to win. Everybody wants to win. Every every team wants to win on Sunday. Every team wants to win the Super Bowl. Uh, to to get there, you, you there's a team that will accept nothing less. Where where you have to have it. <laughs> I think there. I think both of those clubs sort of have. Um, I I think you you saw the way the season ended for the Saints. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's going to be a different team, but the culture is there to where that hunger will remain. And I think the same thing happened after the butt kicking that (laughs) the Chargers got, that that Mm -hmm. hunger will remain, even when you uh, add those different pieces to it this year. So Mm -hmm. so those would be my two picks today. As I said, I want this on record. I can change my mind.
0: (laughs) Well... uh (laughs) I'll give you that, Eric. I'll give you that. I don't know about more than that, but but at least I'll, I'll give you that much. If there are two teams that I would have in, in the Super Bowl, I, I am a little biased. I am a Steelers fan, but I understand that you have to be objective. And, of course, I've always been objective, whether my team stinks or, or doesn't stink. I, I think there's a, a, a new fire uh, set underneath Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, I, I think that the Steelers will be much better. They're, they're more talented than 9-6-1 even without Le'Veon Bell, and and now, yeah, agreed. you know, and, and still not having Antonio Brown now headed over to Oakland. Uh, and, and I think that with all those pieces defensively, they're more deeper in the rotation with Devin Bush in the backfield. Uh, they, they do have a, a lot better – they're going to have a lot better cornerback play uh, with a guy like Steven Nelson came over from Kansas City. I'm um, trying to get Steven on my show. Uh, and, of course, you have uh, Benny Snell on, on the RB side right out of Kentucky mm-hmm. drafted, so – I, I think the Steelers and they beat out New England last year uh, they, they could have faced uh, San Diego but again their nine six and one didn't do all all as well as uh, clearly their their roster indicated uh, but I think most people don't don't remember maybe they just have a lapse of memory that Mike Tomlin has not had an under 500 season since he's been the head coach for this organization I'm picking the he Steelers in the he AFC enough credit. No, he does not get no, not at all. Yeah. And you know what? He, he may never, he may never, no, he uh, won't.
1: it's too late. He won't. <laughs> the, the, the perception of him is that he doesn't, um, that, that, he, that he's doing it with smoke and mirrors, that he doesn't control the locker room, that he's, that he's not, you know, this X and O, uh, coach. And, um, I, I, I sort of disagree. You, you, you don't survive in everyone's list, who's listening, understand the thing about the NFL is that it is so unforgiving, and it doesn't matter what position you are in, your deficiencies will rise to the top. You cannot hide. It doesn't matter if you are a GM. It doesn't matter if you are a coach. It doesn't matter if you are a player, a trainer. It it doesn't matter. You are so exposed at what you do that You won't make it if you're not good at your job, and this guy has been there and won divisions and Super Bowls and and, and taken his team deep into the playoffs. I don't know why he's not given credit for being a good coach.
0: I think a lot of that has to do with the mysticism behind why people are stating, and of course, some fans will agree with this and some fans won't, but the bottom line to this is that he inherited a solid roster. He did. He honestly did, but it's about the chemistry. It's about the mindset coming out as a defensive back coach with the Minnesota Vikings, a D guy his entire life. So when he came in, it was already a very talented roster. Coach Coward already won his Super Bowl he done his swan song. He won Super Bowl forty, and that's it. That, and, and that was all she wrote. But still had a very talented roster. Casey Hampton his, was in his last year. Julie Porter was in his last year. So there were a lot of great things and still a lot of great players. Like Taylor was a part of that um uh, tyrone carter was was a part of my very first interview ever on the rude dog show was having him on of course f- fantastic guy but i think that that because it's overshadowed by the roster is why mike tomlin doesn't get the credit that he deserves as you said he may not ever and you know what he may not but i'm picking the steelers to go to the afc championship okay. game and win and, and go to the super bowl and win the record seven just like they set the record for six um, as far as an nfc component And an actual opponent in the Super Bowl... I got to go with the saints too. And there's a lot of reasons, but behind that Drew Brees, you talked about Kamara and how well he's done. Sean Payton, just putting all the right pieces in the right place on both sides of the ball defensively, as well as offensively, Drew Brees knows where to go with the ball. He's a, he, he he's a first ballot hall of famer. In my opinion, um, he'll, he'll get in without, without question after four years, just like Troy Palomar is going to get in after this season's over with another first ballot hall of famer guy. Um, and, I'll, and I'm going to pick the Steelers. And, of course, I have the ability to change my mind whenever I want to. It's my show. I can do it. Uh, <laughs> you can have well, that you, conversation. You, you, you can always edit it out. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to be objective enough to be able to call myself out and say, yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'd be humble enough to admit that. Eric, thanks so much. Love having you on. This will be posted on the show.com Had a little bit on Spreaker, about half of this. Uh, but I definitely want to thank you for for coming on. Love to have you on again.
1: Oh, sounds good, man. We'll do it real
0: soon. All right. Sounds good. Eric Davis, everybody. This is Rudy Rass on the Rude Dog Show. Go to SimcovichCranialInstitute.com. Symptoms wait for no one. They don't, and they never will. Make sure you get them checked out if you're having problems, issues. If something is just not right in the old noggin, there's something more to it than you think. Go to SimcovichCranialInstitute.com and get your free consultation. They've been around a very long time, and they've had a lot of research and studies on concussions, uh, and it happens in every sport, not just in the NFL. So this is Rudy Reyes on the Rood Dog Show. Uh, Go check out this podcast. And uh, if you haven't followed Eric Davis, you're missing the boat, go throw him a follow, uh, at underscore Eric Davis, underscore. Check him out. Thanks again, Eric. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. Talk soon, man. Thanks, man. Take care.